0: Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the fan fiction.
1: Join us every Tuesday for a new mission.
0: And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army.
0: Hey, Andalite Bandalites. Happy Tuesday morning, if you're listening to this right when it comes out. And if you're not, then happy whatever day of the week it is and whatever time of the day it is. Um, Alright, this one I'm going to give you the title right up front because we talk for a very long time before introducing it. So this next fanfiction that we're talking about is called The Same, and it's by Mademoiselle Plume, and it is on Archive of Our Own. And that's Mademoiselle, like how you spell it correctly in French, and Plume, P-L-U-M-E. This is one you definitely should check out and read, because the writing style is just as big a part of the storytelling as any of the storytelling so check it out all right let's get to it it's like it's like a Shyamalan movie it's (laughs) It's like there's
1: a twist at the
0: end but it like (laughs) I saw that when I read it initially I'm not saying this from like hindsight's 2020 and I'm bragging like halfway through the story maybe earlier I was like yeah I know exactly what's happening like you left enough clues
1: (gasps) did you not okay I I was so confused for so okay. long. And I was like, I was literally like, I don't know if this person knows how to write. But then at the end, I was like,
0: oh, right, it all comes together. And that's like part of what made the note taking so hard, because I was like, all of this is very like cerebral and like impressionistic and like and that's Mm -hmm. why like i I knew are are we just gonna end up talking about that one first since we're already here
1: sure fine okay great
0: i'm gonna scroll down while we're talking yeah so like so much of it was like cerebral and like it was so many hints like so many hints and like uh-huh. as it went on, it went from like, okay, this is kind of like a structured place to this is just a bunch of like impressions. And then like once the world mm-hmm. started changing to Rachel's perspective, I was like, oh, cause she's she's, you know, in a in a place, right? <laughs> and like I I
1: can't spoil right, it. Right. I don't
0: I don't want to spoil it. But like I figured it out super early on because I'm like, oh, of course. And like with like all uh-huh. of the the Um, ambiance and, like, the way that the world was built. I was like, of course this is what it is. But then I got caught up in the details, right? And you can't because, like, the details don't, like, exist in the bounds of the world. Yeah. And so I I kept, like, writing these details and I'd be like, this is nothing. What are you doing?
1: (laughs) I, like... I didn't know what to think at first because like I was really just following like Rachel's train of thought the whole time. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my god, they this is like an alternate universe where they did leave her behind and they went to go fight the final battle, and then, and then, then I thought the Elemist was fucking around and like no, I like really got into her headspace and was like, you know, relying on her as a narrator to like get me through this thing. But then it was like. It it got very disjointed later and I just Uh didn't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end I was like,
0: Oh,
1: now it all makes sense and I was I let myself get fooled.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a journey. Like It was. (laughs) It super was. And like, I don't know. If I feel like if I had if I had had your experience with this, I probably would have read like a third of the way through it, and then I would have been like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna continue.
1: Honest yeah, like, I got about you know, halfway through, and I was kind of I was really convinced, I was like, I don't know if I like this, mm-hmm. like, you know the writing's not very good, and like, you know, I, I'm losing track of what's happening, and <laughs> by the end I was like, oh no, I take it all back that actually worked really well. Yeah,
0: so that, that was like my same thought, too, is, like, I'm, like, I'm really confused and, like, I'm I'm really, like, losing the thread of what's happening. And then, like, once you get to the end, it's, like, oh, my God, this person, that's, like, exactly how you were supposed to feel. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, it turned out being really cool, but, like, yeah. I was so frustrated taking notes because I was, like, how do I do this?
1: <laughs> yeah. For sure, oh, oh. man
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I kind of I kind of want to read it again at some point, like knowing what I know,
0: yeah, so you this was oh, yeah. the first time you had read it, right It was for yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I had read it like a week or two ago, okay. um when whoever posted it initially posted it. I don't know why I just got like sucked into it and then. I was like, this is great. I love this. Posting this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, taking notes, I was so frustrated. I was like, fuck. Like, because this is like, everything that we're reacting to is like a really skilled writing style and a very specific choice. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, I know that every fic we've had, it's like, go read it. But like, this one is Especially is such an experiment in the way it's written that like Mm -hmm. my notes are gonna be shit and like that's just something i had to come to terms with through the writing of these notes i was like this is gonna fucking suck because i can't capture what they did which is a very fucking cool thing yeah
1: it's like really hard to summarize
0: it's super hard to summarize it's gonna sound like i'm just like i'm gonna sound like a toddler telling a story like and then we went to the park, and then my friend was there. I went on the slide. Like, it, that's what it's going to sound like. Oh, no. Like, and I'm really mad about it because it's. A oh,
1: no. Fiction. It's no reflection on you. It's just, it's really a fan fiction you have to go it's read. super. To get the full experience. It's super,
0: okay. Should I finally introduce it and, like, Talk sure. about it. Okay. So here sure.
1: <laughs> we Five minute buildup. Yeah, I know, right? What's the title of this fanfiction? A five
0: minute buildup. A fanfiction. No, this is called uh. The Same by Mademoiselle Plume. All one word. Um, this one is mm. Archive of Our Own, right?
1: Uh,
0: I'm checking my notes real quick.
1: I have 65 thousand
0: yes open. as do i
1: <laughs> oh my god but this, how do i <laughs> this
0: one is archive of our i just found it seriously where the
1: fuck oh it's because i put mac repair stores as the main tab for my fanfiction <laughs> window, which well, doesn't help anyone. It
0: does. I was like, where
1: is it? <laughs> yes, this is Archive Here, Sorry. Here's
0: how you putting Mac repair stores as your main tab helps us. Your <laughs> Mac is dying, and that is what we record this <laughs> podcast on. <laughs> oh. And therefore, it is the most important tab. Oh, God. Oh. Okay, Ugh. okay. Okay. Yeah, so the same by Mademoiselle Plume. It's on archiveofourown.org. Yeah, AO3 yep. for those in the know. For those yep. cool kids. The cool kids. The cool kids. Should I start summarizing? I think go for it, yeah. Okay, again, I'm so sorry for how these notes are gonna sound. Read the story. It's really good and I yes. am I am gonna make it sound so not good. I'm sorry.
1: Bear with bear. us. Get it, bear because it's Rachel.
0: <laughs> All right, let's Sorry. do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: So Rachel was in the valley, replaying the conversation with Jake in her head. They had been agreed about the suicide mission, or so she thought, and yet here she was all alone. She couldn't believe they had all left her. Surely she could have at least helped James and his kids out. There was, she was just like another body after all, something. Uh, then the thought occurred to her that maybe Jake whisked out of ordering his own brother killed. And that thought made her a little less angry at the situation that she found herself in. Surely, though, he didn't take Sarah and Jordan into battle. Or the parents. Her own mother might be brave wielding a spice rack against a bear, but she certainly wasn't cut out for battle against the Yerks. And, like, Cassie's parents were against this whole thing. So, what the fuck. Um, they... They had to be there with a few horkbisher, and like that's really confusing, because there was nobody in this valley. There, There's nobody in the trees or the buildings, and she was walking around shouting, and it, nobody's responding, and it was quiet, deathly quiet, and way too foggy. There was even a breeze, but it did nothing to deter the fog. And then my favorite line is where she just goes, it was really peaceful. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate this monotony. I hate this. I hate peace so much.
1: Sorry. I really liked that. I
0: just really liked it because it was just such like a yeah. funny moment. And Yeah, I love films. that. <laughs> um Rachel listened, but she couldn't hear her mother arguing about constitutions or Marco whistling while he whittled. And she's like, There's a fight out there somewhere. Like what the fuck is happening? So she morphs to Eagle and she takes to the skies, but with no thermals to be found, it is a very rough flight. She can't see anything through the fog, so she flies for an hour in a straight line, and she's like, surely I should be out of the forest by now, and seeing some sort of landmark, something to navigate by, but when she comes back down, she finds she's still in the forest. She's like, all right, she goes flying again, flies as far as she can, she comes down, and this time she sees a bipedal shape in the fog, and she calls out, hey, you... And morphing out of, while well, she was morphing out of eagle back to human, the figure turns for a moment and makes a gesture as if telling the others to follow them. Rachel tenses, but as she gets closer, she sees, oh, this is a horkbisher, and she's like, I've spoken to this one a handful of times. This is Mab, and then there's a few others behind Mab that she doesn't recognize. Mab asks her, Rachel, where did the others go? And Rachel's like, What? You- no, we must have fallen behind in the fog and gotten lost. And this is where it gets really confusing, right? Because like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's work measure and there's not, and there are and there's not, and that's okay. Yeah, like this is on purpose. This is, this is just roll with it. Yeah,
1: like <laughs> once once it stops being just Rachel and it starts being interacting with other characters, that's when I started getting really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because then you have all these like. Uh, I, I can't say,
0: but yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get there, but yeah, it's it gets really confusing. It's like she's mm-hmm. talking to Mab, and Mab is asking her these, and everybody keeps asking her these like non sequitur questions that like she doesn't mm-hmm. know how to answer, or she answers like, "Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna do this. Like, let's find them. Let's do this. Let's." Yeah. And like nobody else is playing with her in the space. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> That's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah, this is when Mab asked her, "Did you run away?" And Rachel's like, "No, I was left behind, discarded. They they left me. They have you met me? Have you met me? I would never fucking run." Uh. So Rachel's like, "Whatever. This is this is all confusing." And Mab just goes, "No, you can't follow," and then says, "Here, just have some tasty bark." And Rachel's like, pissed. She's like. What the fuck is happening? So she's like wiping a hand over her face. She's like, I'm turned around. I gotta I gotta go back. I'm I'm just really wound up right now. I'll go back to the to the Hork-Bajure Valley. And then one of the Horkburger that she didn't know says to Rachel, Do you wanna go? And Rachel's like, Yeah, let's go! I wanna go fight. And the Horkbizer is like, you know, I'll I'll like follow you, I guess, in this moment. And Rachel's like, Alright, like, you'll be good backup. So they start walking and they're following Rachel and they end up getting looped back three separate times to the valley. Like they leave the valley, they go searching for something, they get looped back in. And, <laughs> like, it's like the Hotel California. It is like Hotel California. <laughs> and this is where Rachel gets really pissed and she's like, show yourself, thinking like, okay, this is the fucking Elamis. Like, I know what this is. But, like, she rages and screams and demands that he show himself, and she's kicking a tree, and the Elemus doesn't appear. And she realizes, like, there's nothing at play here but the slow march of time continuing on. <laughs> literally what she says. She's like, this is just boring shit.
1: Yeah, I was like, this is literally Rachel's worst nightmare. It
0: is! <laughs> just
1: monotony, she can't leave, she can't fight, she can't do anything. Yep. Stuck in stasis.
0: She just has to stay and like fucking talk to the Horkbouger for ever. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yep. Uh so yeah, Rachel's getting more and more frustrated. The Horkbougeur are not helping because they're, you know, being Horkbouger, they're they're slower talking and they're not like following her rage filled train of thought. And so (laughs) she's like, you know what? Fuck this. So eventually she leaves them. She raids one of the structures for food and falls asleep. And she wakes up some amount of time later. There's really no way to tell with, with the dense fog and, and everything going on in this valley. There's no way to mark out time. So she's like, all right, like, I'll just, I'll just keep trying to fly. I'll walk. I'll walk in a straight line. Um, and she couldn't. Like, everything she did just led her back to the same place. And hork keep coming up to her and, like, there are more and more of them. And each time she they come up to her in these groups, she's like, they must be getting more worried about me. And finally, one of the groups contains this other hork that she knows named Nor. So Mab brings over Nor, and Rachel's like, great, you, like, made it back. What's going on? And Noor just goes, like, there is a battle against the Yerks, a battle for freedom. Noor got hurt. And Rachel is trying to be really sympathetic. So she goes, but you got away. Good on you for making it out. And she kind of like touches Nora's arm, even though she's really frustrated that now she knows that there was a battle and she had been left behind. And so Rachel's like, fuck this, I'm going to get out of here again. Wish me luck. So she goes searching again, doesn't find a way out. But what she does find is James. She sees another figure in the fog and she calls out and realizes it's him. And she asks, where are the others? And James is like, oh, it's just me. And Rachel's like, oh god, they left you too? That fucking sucks. Well, hang with me. We'll yell at them when they get back. No big deal. We'll tell them like, what's what. And James gives her this very angry and very accusatory look and says, why do you think they're going to come back? And Rachel's like, well, because they'll if they die without me, I'll never forgive them. Obviously, they're taking me, like, you know. And even as she's saying that, she knows in her mind, like, of course, I would die a million times over for my friends to protect them. Like, you know, I'm talking a big game, but at the end of the day, I, w- I would give anything for them. And then she mm-hmm. starts thinking, would I do the same for James and his people? And she doesn't love the answer that she comes back with. Oh, no. Yeah. This, I This was like... A super brutal part for me, like I felt like this author was really trying to give like a moment to James and the auxiliary animals yeah,
1: yeah, this whole section just felt like you know our our we complained in the last book that we felt like they just sort of died, and that was it, and they didn't get any mention ever again, and this section really felt like the author was acknowledging that, and I kind of loved it
0: i I loved it. And the other thing i loved. okay let me summarize it real quick and then i'll tell you exactly what i loved about it so um rachel's contemplating like would she die for james and his people and she starts justifying to herself this is war survival is not guaranteed like i can protect my people but i can only do so much and james just goes do you want company and rachel's like yeah stick with me so they fall into this companionable companionable walk and Rachel's the first one that breaks the silence saying like, I'm surprised that I only ran into you now. I've been searching for anyone. And James is really, really vague in his responses. He was like, oh, you know, I was just looking for other ways out. We must have just like met up and I just wanted to see the valley one last time. And Rachel goes, well, you know, if we survive, the valley will always be there. We can go back as much as we want. And James goes, that's a pretty big if. And this causes Rachel to lash out. She's like, don't be a downer. Like, you know, we're going to fucking live. It's fine. And she's really like, she gets really suspicious. Like he's like, yeah, sure. Like it sounds like we're probably going to die. And she's like, well, what have you overheard? Thinking like, oh, James knows about the plans with Tom and blah, blah, blah. And, And James comes back just as strong and he goes, my people, me, we deserve better. Everybody treated us like shit. And now you fuckers just made us cannon fodder. Fine. If that's what the planet needs, then that's what we're going to do. But we deserve a lot better. And Rachel feels really chastised at this moment. She's like, listen, I I can't make promises. This isn't what I can do. Uh, We need Jake. We need Cassie. They'll be here soon. Like, let's just wait it out. And James just says, it's too late. They're not here. And Rachel's still arguing, they'll be back. James is like, no, I don't think so. And I don't know what made me think to even come talk to you. So he goes, I'm going to move on. And he walks away. And Rachel starts saying, don't, you'll get lost in the fog. But before she can even finish, it's enveloped him and he's gone. So what I fucking loved about this (laughs) was that it was written in a way like I think it would have been written in the books, where James gets a moment to explain how he feels, but there's no resolution. Mm -hmm. And, like, Rachel's like, I can't fix this for you. I don't know what to say. I, like, you know, I have to think about this. And I love that feeling of still, like, I'm so glad James got his moment to stand up and be like, Mm -hmm. fuck you and what you did. But I do like that Rachel didn't answer for it. Because that would be wrong. Like, she couldn't. They couldn't. They're kids.
1: Yeah, you know for sure.
0: Okay, sorry. <gasps>
1: no, I yeah, I have I have something to bring up at the end as well. Okay,
0: I'll keep going. Remind through. me. Okay, I will. Okay. I'll, I'm gonna keep going through though, because yep. hopefully at this point, you kind of believe me that things are are going to all make sense at the end, and that I'm not just like a kid talking like at a <laughs> playground, which is what I feel like <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Where am I? Okay, so Rachel starts losing track of time. She begins to find, like, trash in the valley, and she and the hork clean it up, but they can never really find the same place to dump it twice. The fog is confusing and thick, and they don't really know where they are. One day she finds this baby bird who had fallen out of its nest, and it's naked with only pin feathers, and she's like, oh, I know enough from Cassie to know I should put this back. So she does. She waits to see the parents, and then she's like, all right, I'm going to head out in a straight line. I'm going to figure this out one like once and for all, let's do it. So she picks a straight line, she goes to Wolf and she runs. But somehow she always ends up crossing her own tracks and smudging out her own markers and just being really confused. And she gets deposited back into the valley time and time again. So she's like, okay, I'm going to go around the perimeter and find this nest again. But she can't like it's it's so confusing there that she can't even find this thing that she should know where it is. And she finds only these cold and empty nests. And she's like, I must have traveled further than I thought. Whatever. We'll figure it out. One day she morphs to Eagle and as she's flying, she sees a hawk in the distance and she calls out to to it saying Tobias. But the hawk doesn't react. He just keeps going on a straight line. And so she's like, all right, it's not him. But, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll keep searching. And she takes off into the woods another day. Like, she's just repeatedly searching and having these confusing times. And she keeps coming back. And Mab keeps telling her, like, it's fine. Just chill. And she won't. <laughs> <laughs> so one day she takes off into the woods. And this time she hears somebody call her name as an echo in her own head. And that was how she found Axe. And he starts saying, how have you been? But another voice comes out behind her and says, where have you been? Jake's been worrying. And it's Marco. And a second later, Jake is falling, demorphing from a peregrine and ends up sitting on the ground after his demorph. He holds out a hand to Rachel, seeing her there, and she helps him up and then punches him in the jaw. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, you know. Usual Rachel nonsense. Yep. (laughs) And then finally, she hears the voice that she's been longing to hear for so long. She hears Tobias telling her to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when she loses it. She starts screaming, you left me. You left without me. You fought without me. What the fuck? (laughs) And she's (laughs) searching wildly for somebody to lash out at and punch. And then Marco just says, we didn't mean to leave you. And she reached back, but you did, you left me here with the hork and I can't find a way out of this valley and I didn't know if you idiots were dead or alive. And Jake just says, I missed you. <laughs> and she wants to launch herself at him and swing, but then Tobias's arms are wrapped around her, holding her back and just holding her. And she just goes, I'm still mad at all of you. And Marco replies, we've learned to live with that. <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah. she's
1: just mad she's
0: just mad she's just big mad
1: I do like all the moments where like she's like raging and then Tobias just holds her and she's like I like this but I'm still mad yeah.
0: I I loved all of those moments That that's like another uh, thing that's really hard to like capture here is like so much mm-hmm. of that that struggle where she's like I still want to be mad but I miss Tobias
1: <laughs> I like being held
0: I like being held I won't tell him this but I like it. <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, that was super cute. Um. So Rachel realizes that Cassie isn't with them, and so she's like, "Where? Where's Cassie?" And Axe was like, super carefully, like, "Well, she's not here." And Jake goes, "But she'll turn up." <laughs> and Tobias is like, "She will make her way here when she's ready." You know, Cassie. We just have to wait. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, Moving on. I'm really curious at what point you started to I'll I'll just keep reading. <laughs> so marco comes up with this plan where he's like let's head into the valley proper like maybe she'll be there let you know we want to get back to like where our our meeting spot where our stuff is because that's where she'll go naturally and so they make their way back there they meet up with mab and mab just comes up to tobias and rests her clawed hand on his head and just sadly says tobias and rachel's like yeah this time you know it's him it's not the hawk that was flying away and and it almost seemed like Mab was making a sad point. And like, then Mab just walks away. And Rachel's like, oh, that's fucking weird, but all right. And <laughs> so then like Rachel's like back to what she's been doing. She's like, okay, now now almost everybody's here. Like, let's do a plan. Let's come up with something. Let's move. Let's search. let us da da-da-da-da-da. And Marco just kind of derails this. He, like, grabs Jake around the shoulders. They go into this, like, center of the valley. Axe lays down awkwardly in the grass. And Marco, like, lounges down next to him, like, on the ground. And Jake is, like, followed. Tobias, like, pulls Rachel down and starts holding her. And they all just stop for a minute. Um, And then the most adorable thing ever happens. And that is that Axe begins to braid Marco's hair together in big knots. (sighs) What the fuck? I loved that, so I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. And Rachel's like, that's going to be a disaster later. I thought that was <laughs> so cute. Oh, my God. Legitimately, there was no reason for me to put this in my notes, except I thought it was so cute I wanted to talk <laughs> about it. really cute. <laughs>
1: like, oh, Oh, no like I don't know if it was meant to be like this is shipping or if it was just kind of like Axe just kind of looked down and he's like oh hair let me just idly touch it
0: yeah I read it I thought it had like a shipping feel to it but yeah, it was subtle enough it could have been either
1: yeah because like there's a moment later where I was also like oh is this shipping like oh <laughs> uh, cute, cute cute cute
0: super cute okay oh, oh. moving right along so after a while, she admits to them that this was really nice. She had missed them. She would missed hanging out with them. And then she starts noticing that Jake won't stop staring at her. And it starts to freak her out. And she even snaps at him, like, take a picture. It'll last longer. And Marco tries to really downplay this. He was like, but a picture could never live up to your beauty and blah, blah, blah. You know, bullshit Marco stuff. Right. But finally, Rachel confronts Jake, like, what the fuck are you doing like why won't you stop looking at me like that and she's like never mind i know why i know why and jake's like oh you 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 got it like you figured out what's happening here and rich is like yeah yeah yeah, of course the plan to get tom you shouldn't feel bad about that it's not like it happened right like we planned it and i was cool with it but like it, it didn't come to fruition so it's no big deal right and jake is speechless he's like So, (laughs) and he's like, but what if we had done it though? What if we went ahead and did it? And Rachel's like, oh, you would fucking hate me. Like if we did that, you would, like I was prepared to do it, but you would hate me. And Jake's like, no, no, I wouldn't hate you. You were just doing what I ordered. Also, why wouldn't you hate me? And Rachel's like, what the fuck? She hesitates for a second and then she hugs him and she's like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken the order if I wasn't prepared to follow through with it. Obviously, like, I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was getting into. And then Jake is sobbing into her shoulder, but she didn't mind. She was like, all right, I'll let him do it this one time. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes on and, and keeps reassuring him and saying, like, listen, I was prepared to do it. I didn't want to die, but it would have been worth it to give Tom some freedom one way or another. But it doesn't matter because it didn't happen. You guys ditched me. And then, and Jake goes, it. I'm just glad that we're here now, that we have time together to talk and to think. And Rachel's like, yeah, yeah, of course. We can plan until Cassie shows up and then we can do whatever this mission is that we're going to plan. So they walk back towards Tobias and Axe and they catch them mid-argument. And they're like, Are, aren't you going to tell her? And it's like, tell her what? And then Rachel interrupts, tell her what? And Axe jerks up and he goes, uh, tell you that I flew up a while ago and I thought that the fog may clear somewhere and (laughs) this turns into like marco also like walks into the situation is like axe you went up you went up alone huh no tobias huh all right all right (laughs) fucking weird but all right um and so rachel like just is like okay great like let's go up let's let's look let's see what we can find and they'll follow her up and this turns into this, like, really long sequence of them following Rachel on this mission. So, like, they fly in a straight line until Axe says they have to demorph. And then they go to wolves and they run in a straight line until Axe says they have to demorph. And they're always being passed back through the valley. They can never figure a way out of here. And then eventually, in one of their passes, they see that there's this very old hork And Rachel's like, "Who have we ever seen a hork this old? This is fucking weird. And Jake demorphs, and like then the Horcreur is kinda like, Mr. Barrington, I didn't expect to see you here. And he puts on his blandest smile and says, I don't think we've had the pleasure. And then offers his arm. And Axe starts going, Why didn't we know there was a seer older than Toby, huh? <laughs> and there's like these weird beats. And Rachel's like Okay, this is super weird. Everybody's acting weird. Why is Axe not looking at Marco at all, like all four eyes away from it? Did they just have a thought-speak fight without me? What is happening? And so then they turn their attention back to Jake, who is relaying about how, oh, we've been trying to leave the valley for the fight. You know the fight that we're leaving the valley for, but the fog is just so thick, and everything Jake said sounded like he was talking in code. And the hork just kind of laughs and goes, no wonder Mab was so put out. She's been here babysitting Rachel this whole time. And Rachel, of course, is like, fuck, she wasn't babysitting me. What are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And the hork just chuckles, puts an arm on Jake and says, no wonder, like, just don't take too long. Don't linger. You don't have to be lost. So then they're interrupted by someone calling Toby. Come see human. And Rachel's like, no, the human is here. I am, we're the human. Toby. Toby? Okay, so Toby's here. Toby's this... Old Horkbisher. All right, cool. But we're the, we're the human. What are they talking about? The second that Toby is far enough away from them that she can't easily overhear what's going on, Rachel's like, obviously, we're going to follow her, right? And the rest of the team's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> so they, of course, follow Rachel's lead. Rachel goes to Fluffer McKitty. The rest of the team are like very weird morphs. Like, Jake was a lizard. They're all small animals. And as they're approaching Toby, they find her talking to this older woman who looked a lot like Cassie, but like old. And Axe is like, does Cassie have a family member older than her mother? And Rachel's like, well, there's a grandmother, but this isn't her grandmother. And like, those are really weird clothes and oh, shoulder pads. Cassie would wear shoulder pads. And then suddenly Rachel's human without thinking about it. And Jake goes, why did you demorph? And Rachel just goes, shut up, shut up. Why did you lie to me for so long? And bolts. <laughs> yeah, now we're getting yeah. now we're getting yep. there. <laughs> yep. So Rachel Ugh. is running and suddenly it hit her. She starts remembering the Ellenist words to her. You were good, you were strong, you were brave, you mattered. She ran and she ran, but eventually the team caught up with her. Jake was the first one, and he kind of hangs back, looking really guilty and really just uncomfortable. And she goes, why didn't you tell me? And he goes, well, I, I wanted to, but like I I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And then she turns to Axe, and she's like, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, I, I forgot. This place makes it very easy to forget. And she looks at Tobias, and she's like, why didn't you? And he was like, I... <laughs> I liked this story better. This story where I was with you. That's what I wanted. And finally she turns to Marco and Marco just goes, of course I knew. I always see through it, but I knew you would get there in your own time. And I just had to let you do it. And Rachel was horrified. She's like, I died and you all lived. And Jake apologizes and says, you know, I'd done so much wrong, the Yurks, you, Tom, and she could hear in his voice that he was completely broken. And she remembered how they had pushed him all into it, how he didn't want this leadership role at the end after his parents had been taken and they forced him into it. And she was just like, oh, God, this was all awful. Everything here is awful. And suddenly Jake's crying into her shirt and she's like, turn off the waterworks, stop. And he's just sobbing into her shoulder. And she's like, I don't want your ghost snot on my ghost clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And so at that, Marco just brings everyone else in for a group hug. And Rachel realized now like, oh, this is death. We're all hanging out in kind of like a weird foggy middle ground. And it took her a long time to accept it, but she kind of got it. She's like, all right, this makes sense. And they stayed there for a while. Eventually, Mab moved on, ready to go after watching Rachel for so long. She was like, okay, my time is done. I'm out. And they just hung out. They spent time catching up. Rachel learned how they had died and what had happened after the war and how they had lived their short lives. And then finally, one day, Cassie joined them, looking like her younger self. They met each other, and it was this super joyful wonderful meeting and Cassie just says there's so much that we have to catch up on and Jake just weirdly states they've been divided long enough and it's Marco that is is really asking the intense questions because he goes to Cassie and says were you happy and Cassie goes were any of us happy and Axe goes no Cassie we want to know and Tobias assures her like the real answer tell us the real answer and Cassie's like all right all right I've been happy I missed you all, but I had children. I had grandchildren. I'd become a godmother to Jordan's eldest, and I'd been happy. And Marco just goes, one out of six ain't bad. <laughs> and Rachel <laughs> grabs Cassie and says, all right, let's go. And Axe goes, you want to move on? And Rachel replied, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we Okay, tell me all of your reactions to this.
1: I was so confused. Use for so long <laughs> like and you know even as you were recapping I was like taking more notes I was like oh like why did only James show up and like right what, like
0: <sighs> good question that's yeah good and then good
1: like <laughs> okay let's talk about james for a minute okay, so yeah. James shows up and like I uh, so I don't you know, we, I think we like to think, you know, for people who believe in the afterlife, I think we like to think that, like, you go into purgatory or you go into the afterlife and you're like, okay, everything's good now. But, like, the fact that James showed up and he was, like, rightfully very upset about what went on mm-hmm. and he had to, like, move on in such, like, a bitter state is so, like, that's rough, man. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Ugh. And, like... That was a part for me where I started thinking, like, okay, is this just a place for, like, is this, like, a classic ghost tale of, like, they have unfinished business and they can't move on until... Right. Yeah, like, what are the rules of this purgatory? Yeah, and that was where I really struggled because I kept wanting to come up with rules and, like, yeah. this fic makes it very clear there are no rules.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, why didn't the parents show up?
0: Yeah, because or- they would have died before Cassie, at least.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh. uh. And like, but like, well,
0: I because in my mind, I'm like, could they have? Because like, Rachel was so, for her, she lived for so long. In this is right before the final battle. Like, yeah. what if the parents had shown up? They were always the ones that, like, didn't get it, right? Like, the kids immediately, they show up, they immediately play into her, okay, Rachel thinks it's this timeline, and we have to, like, you know, we're arguing about whether or not to tell her, but we're, like, supporting her until we figure out what to do. Whereas the parents were always in the series very much like, this is the reality of it, and my way is the one way that it is. And, like, I feel like that would have created a lot more... um, tension that wasn't like it didn't fit in the narrative of this fiction right like if naomi had shown up and said no you have to believe this is how it is you died in this and you did this and you did and like that's just rachel like raging against naomi then for no Mm -hmm. payoff right so i could see why they weren't there but why weren't they there
1: (laughs) yeah because like i guess i would think that i'm just making things up and playing in the space same like (laughs) Let's say you die and you're, like, the thing that your mind is most fixated on and has been for, like, the most recent time before your death. Mm-hmm. Or, like, like maybe you go to a purgatory that's kind of, like, like, a place that's meaningful to you. So, like, for Rachel, because she was, like, you know, so fixated on the war and her friends... Like, she went to the Hortpager Valley, and, like, all of her friends, you know, also were fixated on each other in the war, and they all, like, naturally kind of came together. hmm But if you go by that logic, I guess, like, if you're a parent who has lost their child, that that's probably a big candidate for, like, where your mind would go in purgatory to your child. So, like, that's why I don't understand why the parents didn't show up.
0: I mean, if we're going by unfinished business laws, maybe it's just that Naomi had had her other daughters that lived and yeah. she found meaning in that and so she died satisfied yeah, yeah, sure and like, That's I, I'm assuming now that like the other parents aren't finding their children here, like I'm focusing on Rachel because she seems to be the connector here, cause like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we could ask like, why didn't Jean show up and I'm like, oh, you know <laughs> You know, we could go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> my my other question is what does it mean that this is a space outside of where the Ellenist can reach? Oh uh, like an omnipotent, all powerful being, why can't he get into the afterlife if time doesn't exist uh, to him?
1: Yeah. Oh no. I have no answers, <laughs> it's just a question. Uh, yeah 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 no no that's fine
0: <laughs> Woo Yeah, this yep. one was like really really was a mindfuck. It was a
1: mind fuck. Okay, but so, on the second recap, I was confused. So, the lady that turns up that Toby's
0: talking to, that wasn't Cassie? That was Cassie, but she was older. And so, like, she and Toby are talking, and Cassie's, like, still living in that space of, like, all oh, the vote and the peace movement, blah, 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 blah. But then, like, Rachel runs away, and Cassie doesn't come with, because I think, I and this is extrapolation based off of having read it twice, so, like, I'm not an expert I think what happened was they ran away and because, like, they were the kids, they kept their little bubble. But Cassie had to go through her own, like, experience and changes to come back to them at the time when they were all kids. Because Cassie showed up as an adult, like an old lady adult. Okay,
1: so Cassie, when she showed up as an adult, was dead yeah
0: yeah but she had to
1: go through her own like trials or whatever
0: i think so i think she had to go through her own like realizations to get back because she was you know she was happy she had a lot of other things to answer for that the kids didn't like she had kids she had grandkids she had a life like she -hmm. had a lot more to work through than anybody else because the others showed up when they crashed the rachel yeah so okay you know okay i'll buy that that that's kind of my i'll buy that it's kind of my thing that was yeah, my yeah. idea <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right cool yeah we're, yeah, we're so. gonna this was another author that we don't know but we're gonna have to like i feel like we just need to like cold call these people and be like all right you need to explain some <laughs> shit. explain <to> yourself <laughs> not like in a mean way but like <laughs> listen i have questions about the rules of your afterlife yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, man. at what point did you realize what was happening? Not till the end, honestly. Okay, so <laughs> like, when Rachel said, why did you lie to me, I died? Well, because
1: even on the second summary, I'm like, why did they lie to her? <laughs> like, why didn't they just say like, oh, hey, what's up? We're all dead. <laughs> like I see
0: I don't know.
1: (laughs) Not to question the entire crux of your story or anything, but like I can also easily envision a thing where it wasn't a secret and it wasn't a mystery. It was just kind of like, oh, what's up? We're all dead together.
0: Yeah. The only like super bummer about that would be that we wouldn't get those adorable moments where they just got to like hang. But like once they were on the missions where they were following Rachel, knowing that like Yeah, we're just running or flying forever to be looped back into the valley. That's where I would have been like, hey, man, you know, this is not real. Which is what Axe was doing. Axe was like, hey, bud, you know that like there's not a super old seer, right? There's evidence that this (laughs) isn't real. And everybody's like, Axe, shut up. And I don't know why. It's like, maybe let Axe say something, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, bud, ever notice how we're not going anywhere?
1: Yeah, he's, like, dropping hints.
0: Hey, bud, did you ever think maybe that was Cassie?
1: I I think all of the characters acted in character, but I kind of, at times, questioned, like, why did you keep it from her, though? (laughs) Like, I could see Jake not wanting to fess up because... Because he like, didn't
0: want to live. Right. Yeah. Sorry. The guilt. Yeah. I got so excited about your point. I interrupted your point. No, no, no. Yeah.
1: Like, no, you know where I'm going. I. I...
0: Right. But it's not good audio. If I just know where you're going and I interrupt you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not like we've been doing a podcast for years. Still don't know how to do talking good.
1: Just because we're telepathic with each other doesn't mean the audience right. is. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, That's funny. Oh, that is funny. I'm crying a little. But yeah, I could see Jake not wanting to fess up and, like, wanting mm-hmm. to just kind of create this this thing. Where, and, like, I liked the moments where he was, like, staring at her because he was just like, I feel so bad and I don't know how to talk to you.
0: Um yeah, I I also love Tobias's reason of I didn't mm-hmm. want to tell you because I just liked what we were doing and thought yeah. fuck it.
1: I yeah, I think that's absolutely in character for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh
0: Yep. And then I liked Marco yelling at her, I've known the whole time, you idiot. I just thought you <laughs> needed to get there. <laughs> we're super dead. We've been super dead the whole time. <laughs> of <laughs> course willis is dead <laughs> this is where they got the line in hamilton uh yeah you're super dead <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's not true i that was taken from a bim bam that that's was a line I'm... that lin-manuel miranda wrote in the voice oh. of my bim bam boys did he he did that was one of the ones that he a pointed su- out as an example of like griffin like oh uh, yeah you're super
1: dead Man, the second the second Mabim Bam Easter egg in in hit Broadway show Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, their friendship is so cute. I love them. Yes. <laughs> anyway, this is not a Hamilton or a Mabim Bam podcast. No, it is not. <laughs> but yes.
0: And on that Hamilton note, welcome to the end of the podcast. Uh this is the part where I tell you all the places you can find me. So um, first of all, you can talk to KCRI by emailing us at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites. You can find us on Twitter at Animorphs Anon, and you can find us on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous. Um, And if you want to come talk to us all day, every day, hit me up on one of those socials and I can get you a link to the Discord where... We talk to amazing Animorphs fans all day, all the time, and some not Animorphs fans as well. Some people that just like hanging out with us for reasons that I am unclear. That's not true. Everybody in the Discord is so awesome. I can totally see why they want to hang out with us. So yeah, um, do that. But if you don't want to talk to people and instead you just want to read an amazing webcomic, I have a recommendation for you. It's called Beside You like b s i d e y o u comic.com and you can read it for free there it's an amazing webcomic about romance and music in the 90s and so what if i know the author what do you care it's still good god you guys you have to quit attacking me like this in our outros um, just kidding casey's the one that authors it and it truly is amazing uh, and if you already read that webcomic and you really like it, maybe consider throwing a few bucks a month or away at her Patreon page, which is KCD Studios. Um, and if you follow her Patreon and pay for her to live, basically, um, you get awesome bonus content like early pages and process works and, and all sorts of things from Casey. And um, it's, it's really awesome. I really enjoyed following it because I don't, I don't see her work on stuff beforehand like organically, Um, so I am am one of her patrons, and I get early pages that way, and it's really cool to see her process and how she works through things and all the sorts of different drawing steps. It's amazing, so I highly recommend it. Plus, then you can talk to Dan and I in the Discord about how good Slater is, which is a huge bonus. You don't know it yet, but that's a huge bonus. Uh, let's see, where else can you find us? Oh, another place. We have a YouTube page now, um, Strong Shape International. You can find us there. You can look up Animorphs Anonymous. We have our podcast episodes being republished there with some cool art, uh, but we also have some bonus content there. Like we have an interview with Michael Grant. That's right. The author of the series that we're talking about right now. So that's pretty cool. Uh, And then you can also find the other podcast that I'm on sometimes for who knows why, called From Cadmus to Crisis. It's a Superboy podcast, and it has been an amazing amount of fun recently recording the Spider Boy episodes. So this is the way I can tell you that if you don't know anything about Superboy, and you don't want to know anything about Superboy... That's fine. Check out Spider Boy. <laughs> it's a mix between Spider Man and Superboy, and they're just like one off comic books, and they were a lot of fun to record. I had a freaking blast. And I also got to voice some dudes in that one, which is always fun. And They had, because it's like a crossover one, they had all these sorts of crazy background superheroes that were crossovers. So they had like Shadowcat in there and like Colossus, but they were all like mishmash characters. There's one guy that's just like a paste eater and I don't know what that guy was supposed to be mixed up, but he was literally just a superhero and his thing was paste eater man or something. It was insane. So I I just, I can't recommend it enough because of how insane it was. It was just so good. (laughs) So anyways, uh, sorry, to Crisis, it's with our friends David and Drew, who were on this very podcast in our Alternomorphs episode and also our Megamorphs in the Time of the Dinosaur episodes. They're great, they're funny, they're hilarious, I love them. Sometimes they quote song lyrics at me. It's great. So, yeah, those are all of the things that we're doing. and while this podcast is is on a weird fan fiction run, uh, our next iteration is starting to gear up. So we will uh, in the next couple weeks we'll be telling you guys how the next bit's gonna go. I think we mentioned already that we're gonna be recording Endling, um, which is another Catherine Applegate Michael Grant co published book, and I am really excited. We've started reading for it, and we're gonna we're gonna get there. So. Yeah. I will uh, talk at you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me ramble for a very long time. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys listening. And I will talk at you one week from today.